Hello and welcome to Chatterkate Podcast, where we break down and review a movie of my choosing, and, you know, sometimes Hayden's, and uh, we just have a bit of fun, you know, as to the extent of, you know, human nature, of like, the equivalent of fun and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not the equivalent of pushing Hayden down the stairs. That's fun, but... It, you You know, she said it's fine, so it's fine. I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. And I'm Hayden. I said the Soviet Union. This isn't the Soviet Union. This is not Superman Red Sun. What? Fuck, Psycho, what's wrong with film again? <laughs> now I want to push you down the stairs for real. Come on, I was go. wondering why there are a lot of Russians. <laughs> uh, I, I swear it was set in Kansas, but no, there's a lot of Russians. And Batman. Oof. Less we say, say about Batman, the better. <laughs> You don't even watch that film. <laughs> yeah, but you talked about it, so... <laughs> the, the vast little information I've what? given you right. has made you just imagine the entire... Like, an hour 20 of that movie. All I know is Russian, Superman, and Batman's not naughty. That's all I know. That's all I need to know. Fair enough. Uh, today we're discussing Man of Steel. Released in 2013 and serving as the launchpad of the then-named DC Extended Universe. You know, until they renamed it DC Worlds or whatever the fucking keep going with now. Uh, as well as giving us a new take on the Superman origin story. Yeah. Because we've had a few takes before this. Obviously, we had the old Christopher Reeves ones. Mm-hmm. We had the Smallville uh, series. Because Cage won. That which sadly <laughs> never happened. Sadly. It would literally have connected to the Michael Keaton Batman. It would have had Batman vs. Superman back in the 90s. Why the fuck did you cancel it, Warner Brothers? <laughs> would have been cool, though. Uh, and obviously we had uh, Superman Returns, but, uh, you know, that has a redacted name in it. And since James is near, I will say it. Kevin Spacey. That's <laughs> right, <say> James. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> the movie was directed by Zack Snyder, a visionary... American director who's the whole reason behind the you know this DC extended universe. Yeah. And then you and know one of them kicked him out, then basically said, Oh, can you come back? And you know, like, yeah, copy and paste in Marvel doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, it turns out the person we got is actually shit. So we'll get someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get it. Come on, come back in. This guy's this guy's uh turns out to be bad news. <laughs> the less yeah, we say of it, I, I, that redacted name, the better. Yeah, mustache boy. Anyway, uh, obviously, away from the superhero genre, he mm-hmm. gave us the Dawn of the Dead remake back in 2004, which was actually mm-hmm. his first movie. It's the one that was wrote by James Gunn. Yeah. And his next film after this Snyder Cut Justice League movie that's coming out soon is the uh, Netflix movie Army of the Dead, which he claims is a spiritual sequel to Dawn of the Dead. And it stars mm-hmm. Dave Bautista. And it looks quite good. Ooh. It's very stylized. Set in Vegas and the zombies, so uh, it looks good. Mm. It's free. Well, it's to an extent, it's free if you're on Netflix, so. Yeah. So, you know. Gives your own Netflix. Gives you something to watch or in May. If you're getting <laughs> Netflix from your mum, then yeah, you watch it for free. Hayden, ladies and gentlemen. Ah. <laughs> as we say, I said the Soviet Union. <laughs> we all share. <laughs> It's Union, Netflix. It's all of us. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, let's give some early, yeah. Uh, Netflix. 
that joke really. What are you trying to say? I was trying to say ne- next fluss, like us, but it didn't work. Go back to sleep, Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, some early uh, thoughts on the movie without giving a rating. Uh, I'll kick us off. I very much enjoyed it. I saw this back in, when obviously when it came out in 2013, I watched it in IMAX, a big-ass fucking screen, and it served it justice. The sound design is incredible in the movie. The acting is good. Obviously, the story is decent. Okay, we, we'll get to the pace later on, but it is a bit rushed at times, as Hayden would like to point out many, many points. Um, I think the action's good. Even though, mm-hmm. he's, obviously, the action actually isn't like a main focus on this movie. It's more just building up Clark Kent and Superman, which is yeah. a bit different. Um, but when it does go action, it goes action. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else goes. Uh, the score over the top of it increases its, you know, greatness at times, which we'll get to in more detail mm-hmm. when we, you know, cover that bit. So yeah, I, I, I think it's a solid origin story for Superman, and it's a solid superhero movie in general. Any thoughts, Hayden? And Hayden has died. God damn you! Terrorist Batman! I had to, like, communicate with the rest of the Soviet Union. We're debating whether or not, you know, if MacDonald should be for all of us. <laughs> We've agreed. Should it be for all we're of us? Well, it McDonald's? <laughs> we were going to call it something else. We're thinking, like, I don't know, Mac Rasputin. Mac Rasputin? Yeah. Ra, <laughs> ra, Mac Rasputin. Sounds like a metaphor, yeah. to be fair. Whatever <laughs> 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 that, that, I'll just sort it into McPutin. So. It's a lot shorter. I like it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's for all of us. <laughs> so yeah, your early thoughts on this movie? Um, my thoughts is it's it's okay. It's a decent film to watch. It's not the best out there, but when it comes to Superman, it's the best one there. You know what I mean? It's, it's the best Superman film, but it's not the best film. If you get my drift. I get your drift. Yeah, it's like, it's not, for example, it's not as good as most Marvel films, but it's better than for Dark World. So that's a win in my book. Okay. <laughs> we'll move on to the next category then, which is the opening sequence thoughts, which obviously the opening sequence of this movie is the destruction of Krypton, which you know you usually get in most Superman adaptions at the start. Yeah. And... I really enjoyed the opener. I thought they went, they went for it. They gave us something visually stunning to look at. Because as I said when we was watching it, the fact that this like short what say like ten fifteen minutes had better CGI than fucking Ares and Cheetah in the Wonder Man Wonder Woman movies <laughs> is, and even the fucking um, what's his fucking face in um, Suicide Squad? What's his name? You know I'm on about the fucking bad guy in that. I, just, uh... I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Well, you know, technically, the bad guy is the Chantress, but... Yeah, but you know, the, but the bad the girl. They're the bad guy of it. The brother. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Mm. But yeah, so the fact that that is opening sequence has better CGI than like, what's actually meant to be a main plot point of movies says something. 
because it, it looks stunning. Obviously, we kept making constant jokes about uh, fucking putting fortunate sun over every time there's a fucking uh, <laughs> shot of the sun and there's like a helicopter flying. <laughs> because it, it does very at times, especially the sun shots, it very much looks like an old like Vietnam style like war movie. <laughs> and as we say, we're just missing the fortunate sun to you know add it to it and give us the extra points. <laughs> well, I mean, in general, the, the opening sequence as well, it gives you a, not just obviously the visual look, it obviously gives you some character, like obviously stories and whatnot. So obviously, it shows that. Uh, Kalal's parents are obviously determined to save the legacy of Krypton through their son. Yeah. So obviously that's going to sort of pass on to uh, Kalal later on in life when he's like determined well, to save Earth. And it shows them like grabbing a certain MacGuffin, which obviously comes important. The whole conflict near the end, really. You mean okay? Yeah, the weird black skull that they grabbed, which, which <laughs> then turned into a Superman symbol. Hmm. Yeah. Very strange. The Codex. Yes, the Codex. It's the guffing of the entire film, really. <laughs> it's the Tesseract. You know, the thing that everyone's going for, but... Not really... It's the thing that makes the, all the plots converge, really. It's the thing that's there. It's what yeah. it's for. Yeah. Like... <laughs> um, and I think as well, it also, obviously, it shows you sort of side of Zod as well, where he's obviously he's at the same time as being like de- determined to basically rebuild Krypton, it also shows him being quite desperate mm-hmm. the fact that he's risking basically everything just to essentially well he quotes save Krypton, but in, he's pretty much probably going to run it into like a Soviet Union style place Yeah, like the whole point of Krypton obviously like They've gone past the need for actual birth, and they've gone. Let's all act like ants, and just like go right. You worker, you fighter, you worker, you breeder, you science person. You can be prostitute. You can be Soviet <laughs> <laughs> Union version. <laughs> no. So it's it's a little like he's like he's been driven into him this like way of life. Whereas Kalel, like Kalel, Kalel, is just born into Earth. That's the whole point of it's their like way of living versus Earth's way of living. It's a very lot like um, the capitalism versus Soviet <laughs> Union. <laughs> I'm going to keep <laughs> essentially. Obviously, they bred him into a soldier. Whereas obviously Kalel gets bred into whatever he wants to be. Yeah, because you want to save the day, go do it. In his ways, whereas obviously Kalel can. Do whatever he wants. Be who wants to be. Exactly. You know, he's born this way. And also, it shows you that he's a, a bad loser when obviously he kills uh, Jarrell. When he's he's clearly seen he's lost. When obviously the ship's blasted mm-hmm. off, and he just turns around and obviously stabs him. It shows mm-hmm. how much of a sore loser he actually is. Which obviously <laughs> gives him that uh, villain motivation of being a full-on villain. I'm a bad loser. I lost at Connect Four. You're all gonna and die. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Earth and pump it with full of air, make it bigger, which would more likely destroy it. Because that's totally not how like, that's how science works. It makes it bigger. Whoa. To be fair, though, he, he clearly he he clearly was aiming to destroy Earth anyway. I think it's, it's terraforming. He's practically gonna destroy Earth and rebuild it from the the ground up. 
He literally, I don't <laughs> think he, I don't think he really cared. That's that's the de- desperation in him to get that fucking codex later on. Is that he doesn't really give a shit what he's doing. He doesn't really think it through. He's just like, I want it. I'm gonna get it no matter what. Which obviously he's pushed onto mm. us here. He he's the war person, not the science person. Yeah, he's he probably thinks that. Like, we probably before find out that this world engine actually is a way of just blowing up worlds and not actually, like, terraforming. And he's just there, like, it's going to work. <laughs> Everyone dies. He's like, oh, next planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one, that one's like, all red and full of iron. We'll try that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't actually start with Earth. He wrote many planets beforehand. And he finally found yeah. out because, oh, that's where the fucking so, my bot baby is. That's what happened to Pluto. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously this is well. We get to see, uh, like, cause obviously don't get to see within it, but we get to see their sort of take on how you get into the fucking Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. You don't get the, as I say, help me. Oh, no. <laughs> you get instead get based like a massive fucking portal where a ship is blasted into. But one thing I will yeah. say about that is the fact that if they just kept Zod on Krypton, the start extra five minutes he would have blown up and killed him so they basically yeah. save zod's life they're like oh you're banished forever we don't ever want to see you again oh we're gonna die in about five minutes um but yeah you're gonna survive mate don't worry you can, if you get out of there you'll be fine they basically just they caused the entire movie if they had just killed zod left him on the planet then they would have died uh, idiot kryptonians <laughs> yeah kryptonians we're the smartest people in the galaxy also kryptonians Let's save the one guy that wants to kill us and we'll all die instead. Exactly. Dumbasses. I mean, oh. they, those guys could have, like, su- survived if they put all the Kryptonians in the uh, Phantom Exactly. Zone. They could have all blasted up instead of Zod and that and that would have been fine. <laughs> what dumbasses? We could save ourselves, but he shot my girlfriend, so I'm going to shove him in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh... Dumbasses. Um, I will say though, obviously the trial scene you do get, obviously before Krypton goes up, obviously it's 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 the, the a whole line of Zod when he's just like, oh, I'm gonna find him no matter what. You're gonna shove me in this Phantom Zone. That's when they should have gone. You know what? We should just kill him right now. He says he's gonna find him like multiple times. He said it more than once. He's definitely gonna find him though. But he just he make he just it's just a whole muttering. He's just before he gets frozen, and obviously then they get frozen, and it's like. I love everyone's reaction to them being frozen, like in pain, and Zod just says, like, staring. He's like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> frozen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Zod's basically a badass. Yes, you can agree. He's a, he's a badass that doesn't doesn't feel pain. But then when he comes out, I bet, yeah, they, they all look, obviously unfreeze after him, and even unfreezes first. He goes, Ow, my, that fucking hurts. He goes, I find it. I can't find it. No, the, the, the freezing doesn't freeze him. He gets out and uh, unfreezes on Earth and there's a Lego piece right in front of him. Goes straight into his foot. Ow, me fucking foot! <laughs> Zod, destroyed by Lego. <laughs> uh, anyway, decent opening sequence. Yeah, Visually stunning. Definitely. So we'll move on to cast and characters. So I've sort of li- uh, outlined the sort of Distinction now. I picked, picked a few characters here. So obviously we start with the sort of Superman family side of this. So we start with uh, Clark Kent, aka Kal-El, aka Superman, and obviously he's played by Henry. <laughs> he's played by Henry Cavill. 
who obviously most recently he's played The Witcher in the Netflix series. And he gives us a, a very good interpretation of Superman here. It, yeah. There's a lot more emotion on view. Because obviously if you look at obviously the version before, obviously the the old fucking uh, Christopher Reeves ones are meant to be more comical at times, less serious taken. Um, like, like the Batman film. Yeah, the Smallville era was meant to be more like teen drama. So, you know. Yes. But obviously, we won't talk, unless we talk about the film with two redacted people, the better. Um, let's, just, let's just say um, the guy from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Superman. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was good. Obviously, this, this is like a more darker spin with a lot more emotion on the show than all the other ones. It sets the tones for like the later the movies. Yeah. Films, yeah. Apart mm. from like uh, Aquaman, which just goes, yeah, let's make a funny movie. Yeah, Aquaman's more like, yeah, let, let's make it less, you know, broody. To be fair, though, by that point, Snyder's gone, so. Yeah, by that point, though, it's like, let's copy Marvel. Yeah, that, that's, that's literally the point when they went, let's copy Marvel. And that's why it's so what, successful. What happened to four? Let's do that. <laughs> and that's why that movie got fucking, I think it, pretty sure Aquaman got like a billion at the box office. Yeah. It did really well. Apart from Redacted. Uh, uh, um, yeah, and then that happened. <laughs> it's still a good film, but we'll get to that you know next month. Um, obviously, as I say, it gives us this different sort of view on Superman, and he does a really good job at it. Yeah, uh, from even like, just little like sort of scenes that show obviously this new version, like the obviously he has this side of him where he, he wants to show his powers, but at the same time he's holding it back because obviously his dad mm. wants him to basically reveal himself at the right moments, which is obviously seen with the bar scene. When that guy is obviously bullying, yeah. basically harassing that woman, he's like steps in, and obviously that guy starts bullying him, and he's just like <laughs> he wants to punch him, and he's just like, "Do I do not? Do I not?" And obviously she stops him anyway before he can obviously think even more. But then, obviously, that's him not showing his powers. But obviously, he still went and fucking destroyed him later on, so he still knows when to show use his powers just subtly, which is a lot different to a lot of versions of Superman who just will just reluctantly just use their powers instantly. He sort of holds back until it's sort of. His hands are forced, essentially. And even that yeah. scene later on, when um, he's a certain person he kills, uh, it, when he just sits there and obviously he shows that emotion there, when obviously he just realises that he's had to do something he wouldn't want to have done. Like, like, and, he didn't want to do it. Like, and, like, like, the like, scream on his face. Yeah. Because he, like, he knew he had to do it, but... He didn't want to. He didn't want to do that kind of... Character, I think, makes the whole like controversy, shall we say, bad because like he he, he was okay. I think it's okay for him to do that because the whole point was he didn't like having to do it. Not like they did it. He was like, "Ha, I'll move on from that." It's more of it. He actually showed him that itself hurt his his psyche, who he is. So yeah. If he turned around and stuck his fingers up and gun, ha, fuck you, bitch, then that would have been a lot of work. Right, we killed him and all his gang, let's go get to the chimichanga. No, he kills him and starts teabagging him. Ha, ha, you're dead. So, uh, body for Soviet Union? But yeah, I think he gives us probably the best incarnation of Superman. Yeah, definitely. Though, obviously. The new uh, ser- uh, the one that's yeah, in his own series, Dan but probably, uh... obviously he's like short spanning Supergirl, and from what I've read, he's spanning this pilot episode. He does a really yeah. good job of 
kind of been a real like close competitor to Cavils. Yeah. Uh, we'll see uh, when that's actually fully released. Yeah, movie-wise, he's the best. Until we get to um, the next film. No, until we get to... Until we get to the moustache. That's when it gets a bit worse. But I blame those on external stuff. Like, in Superman, I blame the writing for his scene and the way they've directed the scenes, not him. And let's talk about the league the better. (laughs) Okay, then we'll uh, move on from those opinions to our next character, which is Lois Lane. Played by Amy Adams, who was in the movie Arrival. Yeah. In that alien one. Um, and I, I stay when I was watching this. I think this is probably her best performance as uh, Lois Lane. Obviously, she sort of goes a bit iffy in the next two, but this obviously gave her a lot more centre focus at times, and she just acted the shit out of it. She gave us an actual yeah. good Lois Lane. And obviously, she, she obviously at the times, obviously, she has this sort of comical side to her, like some of the the comments she makes like when she's like oh if you're measuring dick sizes and whatnot she still has this more serious tone to her which is obviously same as this movie essentially she has this seriousness and obviously she's what sort of essentially drives the plot in this and essentially drives the plot throughout this whole Snyder verse she's literally the center focus of all this plot she to quote the uh the flash in the next movie she's the key which is ironic because she gets the key at some point in this movie. Oh, circles, Circle of life. Poetry. It's like poetry. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I've only just. To be honest, that was just like, it come off my mind then. I've only just really thought into that. Yeah. And now I'm thinking more into it. Damn, I'm good Probably thinking of that. <laughs> like, literally, George Lucas would be proud. Yes, yes. It'd be like poetry. He first fight. He first fancies this girl. He finds out it's his sister, but yet he does it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Me and friends fell off. And then he pancakes his his nephew. Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she she's good in this. She's in mm-hmm. most films she's in. She tends to be yeah. obviously that's why she's been nominated for many awards. Even the Muppets movie when she's mentioning more of this humorous, she's good in that. <laughs> Obviously, next up we have uh, Martha Kent, played by Diane Lane, who was the mom in Inside Out. And again, she leads on to the certain scene in the next movie. But, um. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, for this film, obviously, we only get these few sort of scenes. So we get these few flashback moments with her. And then we get the present day sequence when, obviously, Zod and that arrive and whatnot, and she does give us this sort of a uh, sort of country style vibe at times uh, as she speaks, mm. and also she gives like Martha Kent this sort of badass sort of moments. But when she tells basically, in, in you know layman terms, she basically tells Zod to go fuck himself. <laughs> she sh- she basically shows that Martha Kent's kind of a badass in this universe. Mm. Apart from Justice League, but the less we talk about that, the better. I mean, yeah, we don't talk about those ones. We like we can talk about this film, and we'll wait until we see the actual good cut. If it is the good cut, later on. Yeah, only a couple of weeks away. Whoop Ooh. whoop. 
A lot can happen in a couple of weeks, you know. You mean North Korea? I was about to say, you mean the Soviet Union's going to take over again? <laughs> what is this? Maybe. Red Dawn? I don't know. Maybe I'm planning it. Hayden, are you planning the Soviet Union taking over again? Maybe. Hayden. Would you rather we go that end or the other end? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll just carry on then. Um, keeping with the uh, Kent name, we also have Jonathan Kent, played by Kevin Costner in the sort of flashback sequence of the movie. Uh, he was in the movie The Bodyguard. Because Hyundai will always love you. Woo-hoo. I don't remember that fucking song from fucking Simpsons. When uh, Homer goes to bodyguard camp. And the guy starts singing it as like their ceremonial graduation song and they just all walk off. <laughs> and he gets fully into it and everything and he just doesn't see them all walk off. But yeah, obviously, he gives Superman the emotional side of it. The fact that he's obviously the whole reason why he he chooses not to show his powers off as much as most yeah. Supermans do. And obviously I think they chose the right actor for him. Yeah. I mean, like, who else can say, maybe you shouldn't let those kids drown other than him. Exactly. He, do, he does obviously have this side. To be fair, it shows his fatherly side of him. He wants to keep his son safe. He doesn't give a shit about them lot, though. He'd rather his son, yeah. uh, basically, not show, uh, show himself to the world. He'd rather mm. keep him safe. He's basically, son, don't become a porn star. Just keep yourself off the internet, son. <laughs> basically, they that. Never learn. <laughs> they never learn. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why TikTok exists. <laughs> what do you use TikTok for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what that's against the terms of service. Shh. <laughs> I'll never know. <laughs> I do now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, he obviously he saw he saw the character that brings Superman down to earth, brings Clark back to, but he basically brings Superman back to Clark Kent. Yeah, he's like a man, um, not a Superman. Like the Jensen, in, like Jensen in like Iron Man, the the one that like goes from. Gets Iron Man like from being this high celebrity. I don't care about anyone to actually caring about someone and valuing his life. Basically, he's like the opposite version to that. It's essentially, no. essentially, yeah. if you say if you're obviously comparing Superman to yeah. Iron Man, and basically he's saying, "Oh, just be the billionaire snob we all know you to be." That's basically what right. he's sort of trying to do. I mean, like he's stopping from being like. Going basically being the, the, the uh, like Jiminy uh, Cricket on his shoulder, essentially. Yeah. Sums up a bit better. <laughs> Jiminy <Basically>. Cricket. <laughs> to be fair, I've Don't only had Superman. like two I've had two hours sleep, so... And I've got uh, motion sickness, so... <laughs> yeah, but you shouldn't be doing that to the one. just saying. Shh! Stop telling people! Kyle's <laughs> the culprit! He started it all! <laughs> Everyone who asks him! <laughs> but yeah. Give me a cricket. Um, obviously, lastly in the Superman family, we have Jarrell, who's played by the great Russell Crowe, who most yes. recently has been in a, that sort of horror esque movie, Unhinged, which I sent you an image last night, Hayden, and it's basically Russell Crowe, but really chunky. 
I mean, he's, good in, he's, he's good in that as he is in this because he obviously he's just that badass Russell Crowe we know from like Gladiator and Robin Hood and that like it's, it's just ironic for the fact that the other dad figure in this movie was also in the Robin Hood mo- a Robin Hood movie as Robin Hood so we've got two Robin Hoods in this movie basically um, but I mean he gives us his badass side to Jarrell because a lot of times when you see like Jarrell it's always it's just basically sort of like he's later on the movie when he's just standing around just basically just talking being this like ghostly figure just talking to Superman whereas this actually we get to see him kick the shit out of loads of guards by opening closing doors I mean the bit early on when he's shooting on oh that yeah that as well and then later on he does the force and starts shooting doors and everything like people. <laughs> but yeah I, I, I think he chose the right actor for Jarrell in this movie because yeah. I love Russell Crowe you gotta love Australians am I right <laughs> all your mission is Kylie Minogue yeah <laughs> and we'd have our neighbours reunion. Not, not, not Danny Minogue, no, we won't go that far. Presentially, we'd also neighbours at some point, but yeah. Just Kylie. <laughs> but yeah, it gives us this obviously his alien father. Uh, basically, essentially, obviously, if Jonathan's like the one that's like, oh, you need to basically not be Superman. Jarrell's basically the one that's going, couldn't be Superman. Yeah. It's basically, it's, like, it's the, um, like, the. Two like composing ideals, like ancient the devil exceptionalism, and um, whatever the one is called, can't remember. But the idea of one is like Avengers, like the whole of like some people are better than others, and they, it's their duty to protect those. And then there's the other side of you should be more focused on your your own goals. It's like those two competing ideals. No, the whole point yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're basically the ancient and devil. <clears throat> Jarrell being the, uh, hmm, would you say, would you say Jarrell's been more the devil or trying to push him to do something, whereas Jonathan's been more the angel of, don't do that, it, I'm son. Not, I, think he's, <laughs> I think he's more the angel because he's doing it for more like you need to do for the better of everyone else, like risking your own life to help others. Where he, whereas John's more like selfish, like let those people, like, if, if if it means keeping you safe. I might have rather you let those kids die. I feel like it could work either way. Uh, I feel like it could work so, either way, though. Yeah. Depends how you spin it. Yeah, it depends how you spin it. I feel like it could still work either way. But yeah, that basically sums up his character. Good character. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Well acted, basically. Um, okay. And obviously, we'll move on then to our villain, which is General Zod, played by Michael Shannon, who's in the Knives Out movie. And. Mm-hmm. As we stated, obviously, when we were talking about the opening sequence, he gives us this basically sort of militaristic style of Zod, which obviously I think we've seen before. Pretend that was in Smallville as well, that sort of militaristic side yeah. of it. But I mean, he also gives this basically, not to quote the movie that Russell Crowe was in, but this unhinged Zod at times. For the fact yeah. that he gets desperate when uh, he wants something, uh, he's a sore loser. Uh, and he's basically very evil for the fact that he's basically just going to destroy the Earth to make Krypton. And I think Michael Shannon's the right actor for the fact that, just like a lot of all of these other ones, apart from Henry Cavill, a lot of these established themselves before this movie came out. So he's like major establishment, which obviously people obviously started recognising him a lot more, was Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he was the right cho- choice for this film. I can't really think of anyone else who I'd want to play General Zod off the top of my head. Okay. Other than Danny DeVito, 
Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Other than Nicholas Cage. Um, Colin Minogue. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of people that could have played General Zod, but you get the point. I was expecting to say Jeff Goldblum, but um <laughs> I will say Jeff Goldblum for Superman. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum versus Ender Vita. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think he gives a decent General Zod performance. And I like some of his dialogue he does. And just his posture at times, like how he's presenting his lines, he literally just shows. He literally looks like he's a strap soldier. Yeah, they're all good except for the one thing that pisses me off. The entire time is his hair. It looks. It just it puts me off the entire time. What's wrong I with his hair? I don't. I don't know. It just. It. It's short and simple, like a military cut. About, there's something about it that just it puts me on edge. I don't. I don't know why. I just don't like the hair. It looks a bit too Simon from In Between Us. It's meant to be militaristic, that's why. But less less bald, <laughs> neo-Nazi militaristic, more short and sweet. It feels Communism weird. and militaristic. <laughs> I, just, I don't know what it's about. It just puts me off. Hayden, ladies and gentlemen. Hates people's yes. hair. I do. Yours like that. You, yours, Sid. Jesus Christ. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to the military side of this. So first off, we have General Swanwick. You know, Marsh Manhunter. Uh, played by Harry Lennox, who's in the series The Blacklist. And obviously yeah. he plays a sort of... I would, I would say pivotal enough role across <laughs> the next two movies. And obviously... We don't exactly know how he's going to play the role of Marshman Hunter in the next yeah. Snyder Cut movie, but obviously, he basically is that you sort of generic sort of soldier type character at times, kind of a hard ass on people. Whole point, the whole point is it like it's like um, like subterfuge. It's like he looks like he's playing the this normal simple character, which will then become so yeah. like bigger. And other ones, you're like, holy shit, he was green all along. Basically, he's playing the role, sort of like, yeah. maybe he's like watched loads of war movies, and he's like, okay, play a stern figure, and basically, eventually he's going to actually show off yeah. his more, basically showing less emotion, which obviously is Martian yeah. Manhunter in general, so he's got that right. It's very similar to like the Supergirl ones, where like the whole point is, oh, secretly the head of this alien hunting people is actually an alien all along. Yeah. Sort of like scenario. Basically, he does good at his job here, being that sort of generic yes. character, uh, army guy. Mm. Talking of uh, ones that actually do something, uh, we next have uh, Colonel Nathan Hardy, played by Christopher Maloney, who was in the Law and Order Special Victims Unit series, and he's going to be in the spin off series to that soon. Um, obviously, he plays a more hands on approach in terms of military side of it for the fact that he gets involved a lot more physically. And obviously, seeing we won the fights later on when he actually starts shooting and whatnot, which is not needed for the fact that he's clearly seen this, it's not going to work. But um, humans, yeah, humans. He basically plays. <laughs> the thing is, at the start, he sort of plays like the first, like say, like an hour and a half. He sort of plays like this sort of arsehole sort of character. Like he's just, like, yeah. you're a general sort of you know, military guy. He's, he's again stern. He basically he's a bit of a dick at times. 
But then the second half of the movie, obviously he gets more likable towards Superman and Lois for the fact that obviously Superman saved him. And he's like, okay, you're kind of cool, man. I like you. Let's do this. Let's, let's do this guy's plan. I endorse this plan. Let's go do it. Mm. But essentially, he's a he's gone in full circle. Yeah, he became developed. a simp for Superman. Yeah, Basically. which what the S stands for, ladies and gentlemen. It's not super. Yeah. It's simp. It's simp man. Mm-hmm. The fact that Superman basically simps over low this entire movie, and in the next movie, Clark Kent is James Ray. And you're banned. <laughs> no. Just <laughs> like so I hit myself on the head again or something. You're enjoying it too much, so no. That's that, that's what you're going to do every time you say something. You're not allowed to do anything. Oh. Exactly. So we'll move on then. Uh, so lastly, in the military, we have Doctor Emil Hamilton, played by Richard Schiff. I don't know how you pronounce that. He was in the Lost World Jurassic Park. He was a guy that got ripped in part by T Rex. There's not much to really say about him. He just essentially just plays a doctor. There's nothing like special about him. There's nothing bad about him. He's just sort of this mediocre character that essentially is the whole reason that it goes boom boom at the end. So he does play a pivotal role, but he's just a mediocre character essentially. Agreements there, Hayden? Hmm? I, I agree. I'm allowed to say now. I agree. <laughs> So we'll move on to the last character I've written down, which is, you know, because we couldn't talk about Superman a member of the Daily Planet involved. And that's obviously Perry White, played by Lawrence Fishburne, who was in The Matrix. And... And the what? Yeah. Um, it gives us this sort of stern approach to Perry White. It gives, us basically, it gives us basically a sort of, oh yeah, I own this company. That sort of, like, I'm not going to take this joking around, do your job. But then... At the same time, he sort of shows later on that he's got this emotion towards his staff, like he won't let anything happen to him. That scene when obviously everything's going fucked up, he obviously risks his life to save one of his staff members. And it gives us these two sides to this character. So he's got the... It basically it makes him a complex character, essentially. It makes, it makes him like this ordinary sort of like, sort of businessman, basically, but also this softy at heart. Yeah. Essentially. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they chose the right actor. I did like Lawrence Fishburne. He knows when he, he knows when to do that sort of role. He knows when to be a bad guy. He knows when to be a good guy. Can watch him in many movies. He's brilliant in most, pretty much everything he's done. I, I, have you been sponsored by him? No. Big sponsor sign because it'll be our movie's face on it. <laughs> 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 well, um, <laughs> We'll move on to the next uh, part, which is the story. So, obviously, this story starts with obviously the destruction of Krypton and then basically meeting Clark Kent. And in yeah. the middle, is basically meeting the rest of the characters. Obviously, a lot more the military side of it, getting to know yeah. them, as well as the return of Zod. And in the end, is basically good guys versus bad guys, the big final fight. Yeah, it starts off Krypton destroying. Then we learn more Clark Kent, and suddenly it's Superman. And we're like, what? How'd that happen? And then snap, net goes snap, snap, and then like it's finished. It did feel really quick, which we'll we'll talk about in we'll talk about in pacing. But it does feel really quick at times, which is weird because it's two hours twenty minutes long. It's big one hundred forty three minutes. It does not feel one hundred forty three minutes. It feels quicker than that. 
It feels really quick. I don't know why. Obviously, maybe it's just because how it flows through. Like, as you yeah. say, it just sort of jumps at times. And we'll get to that later on. But I still think it's a decent sort of... It's a sort of average superhero story, but I feel, still think it's a decent story. And I feel like it... I like the bits when it shows you, obviously, Superman not a Superman. It just shows him as Clark Kent, just basically trying to live a secret, like basically a less like in pe- like basically the the view of the sort of camera sort of look. Like he's a fisherman, he works at a bar, like that sort of style of him. Uh, I do like that. Yeah, I I like Superman with the beard. It looks really cool, which hopefully we'll get to see at some point. Maybe we'll. Maybe, but yeah, uh, I, I still think it's a, a decent story. As I say, it's sort of you run the mill superhero sort of plot at times, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. Talking of uh, still being good, we'll talk about the cinematography. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. And as it usually is with Zack Snyder movies, cinematography is actually decent. Yeah. He knows when to give you that shot which makes yeah. you go, oof. Like, uh, oh. for, for example, as I said, uh, the whole Krypton sequence in general, that was some good cinematography and special effects there. Uh... The bit with Fine. the oil rig. Oh, yeah, it was good. But that was quite cool. And he obviously just grabs all that uh, sort of uh, girder. Is that the word I'm after? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and obviously he's, he, when he jumps onto that and just holds it and he zooms in on his face, he's just essentially just roaring to himself to try and lift it up with all his might. That was really like, cool. Yeah, like with the flying scenes, obviously, and the, the scene in space where like, he spins around to like face Earth. So yeah. They were good. The first flight is probably one of the best sequences in the movie. When he's mm-hmm. putting his hand down and all the rocks start floating. But uh, I, I like the bits as well when he sort of flies straight up and you got the fucking... When he's breaking sort of the sand barriers and whatnot. When he's going that quick and you obviously have that gust of wind around him. It looks... It looked, that looked quite cool. And it's even like the shots from just behind when he's flying, when he's got the cape against the screen. It's shot really nice and it looks really cool. Mm. Like, give Snyder credit. He knows when to make something visually, like, draw you in and go, Oh, that's cool. Shit, it's over. Fuck. <laughs> what, what's going on? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Shit, that goes has been stopped off. <laughs> what? <laughs> Basically, some really good cinematography. Yeah. Definitely. And obviously, that's also... It also helps when you've got a really good score over this good cinematography. Because as usual, Hans Zimmer just knocks it out of the park with his score. Uh, he's a good composer. Obviously, he's composed some, uh, some shit films over the years and some uh, mediocre films. But, I mean, it, even if the film's bad or mediocre, you can still tell he's got a good soundtrack over the top of it because he, he actually does good work on it. And obviously, this is a fine example because he does. A, it gives us a decent Superman sort of, like, his like own sort of character score essentially. If you know what I mean, like he um, makes you go, "Yeah, this is Superman's theme. You know it." And obviously, this is Zod's theme. You, you know, this is Zod's theme. Yeah. And obviously, the flight when he's when he does the first flight, he has that obviously score over top of that, which is really cool. And not even just like the score as well. I mean, obviously, I spoke when we was watching it about like just the same design in general. Hey, sometimes it just goes really quiet, so like, just suit what is there, like the tornado scene. Obviously, when Jonathan put, yeah. puts his hand up to tend to stop it, just as soon as obviously you've got this massive sort of destruction sound on the top from the obviously the tornado hitting, it's filling your ears and everything. This sound, and then all of a sudden his hand just goes, but the music just stops. 
and obviously you it's really quiet when you hear obviously uh clark yelling so obviously mm-hmm. the sound design stuck like, muted it all to symbolize obviously this death and then later on when obviously the you know next snappy snappy when he drops to the floor it goes quiet again the, the mm-hmm. sound just stops and i was yeah even during this you know, just before the snappy snappy when he's uh laser beaming um the sound design and that it's sort of muted as well it's all muffled and i think as it's basically it's like oh just don't do it and he's like oh i'm gonna bye bye <laughs> definitely it's like the whole like basically for like the the, the, the tornado scene the sound design is probably the only thing that was good about that scene the rest was dog shit but the that the sound design was good i will agree but the the facts and the way that scene was done no. I don't think the effects were shit on a tornado. I've seen no. wor- I've seen worse tornado effects. Yeah, I've seen worse tornado effects, but it drived personally. It drives from the emotional moment. Like it felt more like, why did that happen? Instead of more like, shit is dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the sound design for itself definitely like helped, and it definitely was a good moment. Sound-wise. Your opinion yeah. now, I, I enjoyed the scene. I thought it gave I you... I know you had, he was having orgasms over the um, Earth engine, or whatever it is, the world engine noises. Oh, the fucking... When it comes to, I was listening to it earlier again. Yeah. It sounded like a T-Rex when it comes down. When it first fucking like, lands into the ground, it sounded like a fucking T-Rex. It literally sounded like a dinosaur. I was like, oh, I sw- I was, when I was watching it with you, I was like... That sounds like a dinosaur. When I watched it again today, I was like, it fucking sounds like a dinosaur. But yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of good sound designs and basically scoring. Basically, anything music-wise, yeah. it, it does really well. Which you usually find with Snyder films, usually the sound design and the score over the top of it is great. So this is no different there. So mm-hmm. I give, give, give him credit for choosing the right team. Which then moves on to special effects. Oh. And obviously, there's a, there's, a, there's a fair bit on show here. As we stated, the opening sequence is literally a lot of it is the special effects. Mm-hmm. Like, from the design of that fucking like, dragon like creature, that looked yeah. cool. Uh, a lot of the stuff around Krypton looked cool. Uh, a lot of that sequence in general looked really cool, thanks to this gr- really good special effects. So, they put work into making it look really cool. So, we'll give them credit there. And obviously, a lot of. The, the the world engines, the um, all the planets to go to, like even the fact that the Phantom Zone actually looks better than other stuff. Not even the fight scenes, because obviously it's, uh, the fight scenes are all obviously CGI mixed, with obviously practical, mm. and it looks good. Obviously, the them is basically mm. battering the crap out of each other in midair looks yeah. really cool. And obviously that's yeah, set yeah, into... It looks like there's actual unnecessary damage going on. Well, there is unnecessary damage going on. And we yeah. see all the buildings that went boom, boom. Like, we know there's, it's unnecessary damage, but it looks like it's real unnecessary damage, you know? It really looks... It does look like floating witcher guys going around smashing some weird Statue of Liberty haircut guy into buildings. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, you do see later on, like after the fight, the destruction it's caused, which we do also get to see at the start of the next movie. Yeah, what, it that, is for, it's the whole plot point for the yeah. next movie. There is basically this whole yeah. fight is full of unnecessary damage, which 
most superhero films are in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least like he doesn't really glance over the like the the damage of course. It's like how in Marvel, like in Jessica Jones, they kind of like mention how in the Avengers when like when Hulk's going around jumping on buildings, that woman's mother died, being crushed by the building he destroyed. Whereas he's obviously like, fully focused on it. But he's focused on more like Batman's like you killed someone I worked who worked for me. Now I kill you. And he also killed basically like everyone inside the building. Yeah. Basically, like an entire building worth of people, <laughs> which isn't Superman's fault, but you know, damage control, mate. You gotta, you gotta consider it. Yeah. But, but yeah, some... contact Tony Stark with damage control. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> basically, he's got even like the sort list bits of special effect look really good for this. Yeah. So we'll give him credit there, where it's due. We'll uh, move on to the very few little action sequences. Obviously, we already talked about destruction of Krypton. There's the little fight mm-hmm. in there you get with, between Zod and. Uh, yeah, fucking Jarrell. But obviously, Jarrell's fights about... look really cool. Yeah, and of course, we talked about the destruction. We yeah. talked about destruction in Metropolis as well. Uh, good fights there. <laughs> but I mean, there's still the what? There's another fight. We got the uh, bit when obviously Zod first comes to Earth, and uh, like... he conf- basically confronts yeah. Martha, oh, mm. and he's like, "Oh, where, where? Basically, where's this? Where's my codex? Where is it?" And obviously we joked about the fact that she, she's like, oh, I'm never going to tell you. Let's look at this barn. Yeah, it's definitely not in there. Please don't go and look in there. But I mean, I'm not looking there. I think it's not there. <laughs> obviously we get this sort of emotional scene, obviously, when Superman comes back to Earth and he's he's obviously looking at Lois, but then he just hears all this and he's like, oh, oh shit, man, I'm out of here. And obviously he goes off because he just grabs Zod before he can even harm his mom. Obviously, Zod's not fully... It's not obviously a massive fight for Zod. This is just to give Zod his powers. Yeah, because this is just to break his armor right yeah. now, not affected by the atmosphere yet. Well, more like it's not being absorbing. I don't really get though why they haven't got the powers yet because it's the sun that powers them, not really the atmosphere. But I think that's they suit, make it. Like, I think the, the suits. The, I think the suits designed basically to look at all radiate. Yeah, um, though you can, you can see it sort of it blocks out everything. So, no point. Obviously, it's blocking out because obviously the whole point of Superman's powers is it's the like non-ionizing radiation from the sun that powers him, so you could say that it's because blocking out all forms of radiation. That might be why. Maybe mm. that's, that's that's probably more like it. Is literally the suit is just designed to stop anything from coming in. Basically, it's meant to just, the suit's meant to be the inside is basically Krypton. Nothing else can get in. Essentially, yeah, basically. And obviously, the fight does go on because obviously Zod's minions, the big one, the obviously the girl turn up. And yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, the the one who was cast as uh, originally was Gal Gadot, and then fucking obviously she had to drop out, so she took over. She got a better role, but fair enough. Um, and then the film went down, but still. Yeah, and obviously <laughs> they had this little fight where they're basically destroying Smallville, <laughs> and obviously the military do get involved and start just blowing the shit out of them. Because I, I do like when the military get involved because they're, they're like, oh, do we actually shoot on the blue guy? He's actually doing good things. So obviously the soldiers like. Oh no, shoot every single one down there. They're all firing, shoot them. And obviously, you yeah. get the, uh, the same design in that as well when uh, he throws the, the big guy throws that fucking the vehicle, the truck at them. And the sound just goes really quiet. They're like, incoming. And obviously, I think it's a decent little fight because obviously it's the first sort of big fight of the movie. And it, I think it does a decent job of showing off these other Kryptonians how 
kind of better at fighting they are than Superman because obviously they've trained for this. They know how to fight. Whereas obviously Superman, it shows obviously he has to rely sometimes more on his obviously the powers he's got from Earth. Like he's obviously his heat vision, which he's seen when they're grabbing all of them. He has to use that to zap his way out. Yeah. Obviously as well, like, that's also the reason why he kind of gets up hand of Zod because obviously he has more control over his powers than Zod does. Yeah, though obviously Zod, you see later on, he is trained for this. He feels like he can do it. He's kind of just, he, he, compared to Superman, though Superman hasn't trained for fighting, he knows how to hone them a lot more and control yeah. them a lot more than Zod and use them a lot better. So we'll get to that when we actually talk about that fight. But I mean, the, um, obviously, the, you don't get to see obviously the face of this big fucking brute, but he's quite cool. He's obviously meant to be like this sort of, Big sort of brick wall, essentially, and it's it's. I find it kind of weird that they can still use some sort of like pairs up the fact that they can like jump and everything. I think it's more that's the suit. I was gonna say, I, I, I would agree. I like the mix of the suit and the fact that they are their bone density is gonna be obviously a lot more different to Earth's bone density. It's like um, what's that film? Um, is it? Oh, is it? That film where the, the bloke goes to Mars, and because obviously Earth's like humans' bone density is a lot different than on a Martian's, he's he can jump higher and a lot stronger. I can't remember what the film's called, but it that's it's probably that horror action. It's like a sci-fi action kind of film, like uh... classic, like is the Princess of Mars or some shit like that. Oh, John Carter. That's it. Yeah, it's probably that. That kind of premise. We used to talk about man going to Mars. Like, no one's yeah. going to mind at the moment. The Martian with Matt Damon. No. <laughs> Which would be ironic because Ben Affleck in the next movie. But I was like, yeah. this isn't. This doesn't sound like the Martian. Like, obviously, that's when you say, oh, you can yeah. like, jump around. And I was just, like, he said Princess of Mars. That's what got me. I was like, should have been John Carter. Yeah. The Disney box it, office I disaster. It, I think it's about it's that kind of like idea of because their bone density is so much more higher. They can do stuff like jump and are stronger because that's just how their bodies are built, and it's the armor's what's protecting them. Yeah, I, I so that we need the Kryptonian like stuff to do that. You know what I mean? So that, like each people like even if like they didn't have like, if the if Krypton's atmosphere was here, but the, the Earth was still small, they would have this strength and power. Okay. Oh yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty about right. Um, I... <laughs> but yeah, obviously this sort of shows off like, their sort of fighting skills they brought to Earth, which obviously we get to see later on with Zod. Yeah. So he gets it basically gives you a little little taste, just little dip your toes into the bath to see if it's warm, sort of taste. Uh, check. Basically just testing. Test to see if it's okay to drown to drown kids. In. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, I, think, I still think it, it it gives you enough to sort of. Because obviously the next fight pretty much comes like, straight after, is near enough. Mm. So the, this, the fights pretty much come like flowing to each other, near and straight away. So good fight. We'll move on to the last fight then, because obviously when obviously the military have to use the ship, but obviously Kalal came in to blow up the fucking world engine. Obviously we have sort of the military side of it when the basically was blowing the shit out of the machines and I get blown out of the sky, and then you got the Superman side of it when he's trying to destroy one of the world engines mm-hmm. and he's getting attacked by Doc Ock and he's having to fly around dodging them all before 
as pointed out, yeah. the fact that him being around the world engine is basically him being on Krypton, so he's powerless. But, you know, he listens to his dad at heart and just hones all his strength into go. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even though he's weakened by the atmosphere, he's still got the same biology. That's why he can still jump and be stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And um, obviously that sort of then leads into everything's blown up. Obviously the military are dead now. The only one who survived is Lois because Superman caught her from the ship when she fell off. Yeah, because she luckily survived just because she fell backwards. The power of horny. I did, I did, I did laugh at the scene when the guy's like, "Hey, Miss Lane, come over here. It's not safe." And that guy dies instead. <laughs> He's like, "Just get away from the edge. You're gonna fall." Oh no! Someone's bro- broke for the bottom and chucked me off the ship. Bye bye. Wilhelm scream. Wow. Sorry. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you have this sort of heart-to-heart between, obviously, Lois and Superman looking at each other, but then you have all the people seeing the fact that they're like, this this, this guy's a hero. He's just like, saved everyone. It's not like it's his people that have come here to destroy everything. He's just saved everyone. Yeah, but they were bad people. He was a good person, so it's fine. Yeah, and they're all like sort of cheering, like, whoa. And obviously then Zodge comes down. And obviously, they both confront each other. Where obviously, Zod's like, oh, you basically destroy Krypton, and I'm basically just going to... But she destroyed our hopes of bringing Krypton, so I'm going to destroy you and just basically just rip every sort of cell from your body so I can re- rebuild Krypton myself. Mm-hmm. And obviously they go starts, as you say, unnecessary damage, starts smashing through buildings. They go through the Wayne building, destroying uh, all those people inside, giving uh, Bruce Wayne something to anger about below, going, oh, I'm going to get those darn pesky kids. And then... Uh, <laughs> destroyed my corn property. I'm going to get them in the next movie until they say the name Morpher and I'll stop. <laughs> Summed up the entire plot. Um, but yeah, obviously they start smashing through buildings and everything. And it's like, obviously, this thing flows until they land at that construction site when Zod tries to smash him with the fucking girder and he laser beams it all. And it's sort of like, he's like, ha, I stopped you. And Zod just uses the last little bit of girder and just goes, hey, bonk. <laughs> and obviously, then he's, Zod obviously fully engulfs these powers that he's got from Earth. And he's like, okay, I've. I've I basically trained for all this now. He starts ripping his suit off and everything. He's like, I can hone my senses better than anyone. Which he can't clearly, which we'll see in a bit when he gets his ass kicked. But um, obviously he's, he's pretty much pointing out the fact that he trained for years on Krypton to be this soldier and to use his pet, basically his inner strength to beat enemies. Whereas Clark's basically spent his entire life on a farm training, which basically in his eyes is inferior to how he trained, which... Turns out it's the other way around, but obviously he's now in a full sort of essentially like a black Superman suit about the cape. And yep. obviously they have to again unnecessary damage smashing through buildings, beating the shit out of each other. So I keep sight hiding behind like buildings and just smashing through them. Obviously, then they go into space to get a bit of space again and destroy a satellite and then the rain down on Earth, which again is another sequence seen within the next movie at the, st- at the start when the, all the parts are falling down, they're falling down with it. Obviously, they eventually land within that sort of... It's a, it's a train station-like area, isn't it? Like, sort of like Grand Central Station so. sort of like, place. Yeah, kind of place. Yeah. So we won't talk about that yet, because that's the actual ending, so we'll get to that in a bit. But I still feel like... Obviously, this is only about what I said. That essentially, near enough, the third sort of fight, but it's the, ma- it's the major, major fight in the movie, and it does feel satisfying at times. As you say, helps the special effects on the buildings looking like they actually are being unnecessarily destroyed by these two, smashing things to pieces. And obviously the score over the top of it, the cinematography shots, how it looks. 
I think it equals an actual really good fight scene. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And obviously, then uh, that flows straight straight into uh, the editing uh, section with Hayden. So, uh, take it away. That's some good stuff. Let's hear the bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all right. But my main can pick like the pick of this of the editing is that they seem to have stolen the blue filter that's all that's in six the six Harry but last six Harry Potter films and just whacked it on there because everything's just fucking blue. It is a uh, Warner Brothers. I know. It's just it's, I don't know why, but every time it's always the blue filter, it just it feels like isn't this supposed to be America? It feels cold. Like, I feel cold watching this. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm in the winter. I need to get my little woolly hat on, like sit down with the hot chocolate, going. Well, oh, I'm watching Superman. I that classic Tony not a Christmas <laughs> film. It it makes it feel very broody, which I know it's because because it's the DC universe and it's like very dark. What is this, the I, DC universe? I'm dark. I'm dark, and I have f- f- loads of shady pre-feelings and <laughs> I've got a very mysterious background D&D rogue but it just I think personally it slightly hinders some of the like cool moments when it just like feels like Elsa's froze over it <laughs> but other than that yeah it's alright Plus <laughs> <laughs> that little nitpick you know and Elsa's not using over it. <laughs> okay, then uh, we'll flow into the uh, pacing of the movie. Obviously, we both had concerns of the fact that it just feels really quick. It feels really, really quick. It does not feel like two hours, and I think it's like two hours fifteen, something like that. It does yeah. not feel. It does not feel two hours fifteen. It just went really quick. That's like what we're saying. At one point, Krypton's dying. At another point, it's the bloke from Team Wolf. And at another point, Zod's already dead. And like, what? I went down for a cup of tea, and now it's like. Finished. What's gone on? Obviously, for the purpose of how the story flowed, it, ha- it obviously had to be this sort of quick pace because that's how they wanted to get yeah. enough information in. But it it went a bit too quick. I feel like if it, some of the stuff they got in this, I feel like obviously they could have pushed the Superman like part to the second half of the movie. Like the first half fully focused on Clark Kent becoming Superman, and yes. the second half being Superman. He's here now, and Zod's here now. Oh shit, we're gonna back the crap out of each other. Oh no, we just killed loads of people. It wasn't it was an accident? I swear. Batman, don't don't try and kill me with kryptonite weapons, and then make me say my mom's name's Martha. Martha. <laughs> but, yeah. It, but even though the pacing it felt so quick, they still managed to put unnecessary scenes in there. Like when they at the start, we see what happens to Krypton. We see, and then. Half of the for the three, they basically tell us what we've already seen. But, but that basically stuff they should have done. They should do it off screen, basically. Yeah, they could have used yeah, and they could have used that bit there to more like add more time building up to him being Superman, building or even building up to him learning more about being Superman. I mean, that's honest. Like we, we we've seen obviously the build-up in Smallville. And it would have been more interesting to see if, like, in more depth and how they want him to build up instead, like how this film does it. 
and there were times when they had more space to do that, but instead did unnecessary stuff. So yeah, it it just feels really quick, and they could have added a lot more into it to basically, as I say, give us half a movie with Clark, or even just do like a full movie with Superman, but do flashbacks to these moments. Like show me it's his past life like either he's talking to someone or Lois doing a journalism it's like oh there's this guy uh, no one knows who he is he keeps popping up everywhere he's just like, done this oil rig and whatnot and then you see these sort of sequences that would have been intriguing yeah. that would be a really good film actually if it's all from her perspective that'd be interesting that would be pretty hmm. good Warner Bros maybe that's an idea <laughs> we'll move on then to a uh... Production design. And I think the production design looked quite cool because obviously when they're not using CGI, like when they're sort of in the corridors on Krypton and whatnot, obviously that's a lot of that sort of obviously practical sort of sets, and it looks really very much like an alien sort of place. Yeah, a lot of the ships about that were inside the ships and stuff. Yeah, like it, it's not only does it feel alien, but it feels like that sort of Soviet Union look they're going with <laughs> Krypton, like that old like, like the sort of dusty kind of like black and sort of dark greys like you know it's got that sort of we're from a dead planet kind of look instead of fancy everything's like glowing and shiny and you know oh we're from the SS Enterprise kind of like look you know basically good production designs not just even on the aliens basically like normal stuff as well like the whole daily planet and all that literally looks they've got it sort of nailed down of this massive sort of office news reporter place so they nailed pretty much every aspect of the, the production's design which they tend to style of movies he tends to his movies tend to look production wise look really good yeah I agree even if they're a bit weird at times um, it would be like weird snot on the floor which is supposed to be healing person but then just turns into a ugly looking hulk <laughs> even like the the scene, like the the actual setting, it's pretty good. Yeah, even those times, okay. just ignore the person doing it. <laughs> we'll move on to the script, and it's it, it's a decent script. Obviously, the praise is some there's some flaws here and there. I feel like some of the lines would have been shit if they weren't spoken to by by the actor that says it. I feel like some of the actors basically. As you said, the one line of obviously basically being born on a farm, I think it yeah. would have been really cringy from another person saying it. I feel like Michael Shannon actually did give a menacing sort of... It was more of a statement than anything like, oh, I'm better than you. You'd literally just train on a farm. I think Michael Shannon gave it that edge rather than just being like this really cringy line of, you're born on a farm, man. <laughs> I'm now Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Zoink, Scoob. <laughs> you challenging me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's an alright script. And one of those. What the hell? What the hell's that? <laughs> Is that Connor? That's Connor's Zod randomly Cayman. appeared. Zod Cayman. <laughs> Hello. Who's this? Hello? I, was, I thought it was you, Halo, for someone in the background. Randomly turned your TV on. No, it's Connor's oh, randomly. Please do not swear. <laughs> this is uh, Alex. Damn it, Alex. What are you doing here? I'm doing gay stuff. 
sick. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna move on to the ending then, Hayden. Okay. <laughs> where right, uh, we're well, we gonna kill uh, Connor now, I mean Zod. You do what you want. You do what you want, you, Connor. You, you do what you want. <laughs> You can sit here and like you can comment on the thing you haven't watched. <laughs> and the ending yeah. that we're about to talk about. Oh, the ending, yeah, I love the ending. The bit with the credits, love that bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that bit as well. <laughs> no, the ending is obviously when Superman has to basically snap Zod's neck. Yeah, he, he uh, chokes the bishop. So obviously Zod threatens to laser beam innocence. He's basically like, oh, if you... If, you want to be with these people, you can basically mourn for them. So he tries to kill them. Obviously, Superman's essentially just forced to snap his neck. And as we said earlier on, the fact that this obviously shows that his reaction to it is that he didn't want to do it, but he knows deep down he had to do it because Zod wasn't going to stop no matter what. So essentially, it killed him on the inside, but he had no choice but to do it. Are you two kissing? Uh, he's like he spins, but he, what parts? Uh, <laughs> but yes, we uh, the ending was controversial, but I think it was done right. Like, we managed to have the whole the fact that he actually mourned over the fact that he, he went against his beliefs of killing someone we didn't want to, was done right. Essentially, he went against both his sort of father's sort of looks upon him. Essentially, they both yeah. wanted him to be this good guy, but yeah. obviously not kill. And essentially, he's now he's just dead, broke yeah. both his father's dead father's hearts. He gets succumbed into the Soviet Union and like joins them instead. Jeez, he's got more dead parents than Batman. He's got two <laughs> dead dads and a dead mom. He's got, he's got a collection, a piles of them. Yeah, but that's just his dead mom and dad, like. 25 times. Obviously, that sort of then flows into him sort of succumbing to normal life. Obviously, he's destroying this, the drones that are basically following him and whatnot, trying to find where he lives. And then he goes and joins the Daily Planet, which obviously sets up the story as part, basically parts of the story for the next film. So they've well rounded him for the fact that usually Superman. Is joining the Daily Planet way early in these movies, but this way around it's the actual ending. The ending is him joining, and basically everyone's like, "Oh, nice to meet you." And Lois is clearly like, "Oh, but those I glasses aren't falling, me." <laughs> I've done stuff that flying alien. <laughs> Thing is though, like he walks in without his glasses on, so people are like, "Why is why is Superman walking into that lift?" <laughs> Puts them on, and like, "Oh, where's Superman go?" <laughs> right, mate. I, I haven't seen you before. Superman was standing right there in those clothes. <laughs> Bob, you don't see Superman because you've got fucking glasses on. Only idiots would think that <laughs> Superman doesn't wear glasses. But yeah, oh, I, 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 still, I, I still think it's a, a, a decent ending for the movie. Obviously, you've got, so you got the controversial side, which I, I enjoyed the controversial side because it gives you that different look at Superman. And then I obviously enjoy the fact that it was obviously the nostalgia was like, I know he's actually enjoying the job that we all know he's a part of the Daily Planet, so I, I do I did enjoy the ending. I thought it was a decent ending. Mm, I agree. Which then flows into the big question, Hayden, which is yeah. the rating of the movie. So uh, Ooh, I, I, I had some like thoughts about how I'm going to go for it, but I do I do think this is probably one yeah. of my favorite. Uh, obviously, 
this extended universe. It's one of my favourite ones in there. It's not my favourite, but it's one of my favourites. So, I've been... A, mm, it's a bit dicey. I'm going to go for this. Um, you know, fuck it. I can change my mind later on down the line. Yeah, you can. Uh, so, my rating for Man of Steel on the first time round for the podcast is going to be... 9 out of 10. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I'd say 7 out of 10. It's like... Like I keep saying, it's it's okay. It's not the best film, but it's a better film than the other options there is. Like that's like keep mentioning. At least it's not Dark World. Yes, or Origins Wolverine. Yes. At least it's not that stand. Okay. Um. Or Catwoman. <laughs> Jesus, I got something in my throat again. <clears throat> okay. You got... You got bad films in your throat. Oh no! I better start. I better throw them all out. <laughs> Electra. Ben Affleck dead. So all the posters can fly. The DVD cases can fly out my mouth. Yeah. God, I swallowed some weird shit over the years. <laughs> oh, there's that Buzz Lightyear that's went up my ass. It's finally come out. Like it's it's no shaving while he's private, but he's still a good film. <laughs> Okay, then, so that gives Man of Steel a Chattercape overall rating of 8 out of 10. We didn't find out if Connor rates it 69 out of 69. <laughs> I'll give it 420. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and we'll uh, quickly give our Chattercape MVP award before we do the question now. So the MVP yeah. award goes to. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill, Superman. Because Hayden's Most simped over him. Because it's Henry Cavill. <laughs> like, you can't not give Henry Cavill anything. Award or anything else. Plus, the fact that obviously we stated it gave us this other side to Superman. It, ga- yeah. it gave a lot more emotion on the show at times than other incarnations have. So we'll give him credit, give him credit when it's due, basically. And he was topless. That too. Uh, the runner-up goes to because I'm adding the runner-up now because last week we pointed out the fact that it was a close one for the fact I almost gave it to Wolf Spain. So I'm gonna add like a runner-up so we know there was a runner-up. Um, yeah. Which is a uh, Michael Shannon's General Zod. because I really it's liked him. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I had that one Xbox 360 <laughs> Xbox Live skin all those years ago. <laughs> if you remember I correctly. remember. <laughs> I remember, yeah, like when you first like mentioned, like, oh, I love this, like, this quote, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you have no day for that. Like General Zod, it's a good, good character. Okay, we'll move on then to the question of the day, Hayden. Yeah. So, my question of the day is what other character would you like to get an origin story movie that hasn't had one yet? So, it can't be one that's already got one or ha- over the years had one. Or he might be having one soon. That's an original. One. That's the in original. That's quite a tough one. I mean, all my favourite, like, hero ones have got one, really, or getting one. Like, DC-wise, you know, Flash is my fave, getting one. Or Harley Quinn. Technically, Birds of Prey was one, wasn't it, really? Mm-hmm. A mix of... So, DC wise done. Marvel, just look at the entire MCU. Already done. <laughs> That's quite a tough one, really. 
and we're creating old man Bob. <laughs> so there's that, you know, Bob the Builder. And I, I remember the Thomas Tank Engine one, so. <sighs> I suppose I was saying someone like Spider Gwen. True. I, I think that, I don't know if that class was, was more class though in like class in, in Spider Verse. I wouldn't it's say not, so. It wasn't, it, wasn't full, it wasn't fully focused on her. So I wouldn't yeah, say if, so. If that doesn't count, then yeah, I would go for Spider Gwen. I just thought, man, like, nothing that's actually been done. No, it, like, even if it's been shown like, slightly within another movie, as long as it's not their movie, you're allowed yeah. to do it. That's good then. Yeah, I would go for Spider Gwen then, yeah. Okay. Because Spider Gwen, as you know. I, I still think there's a few other characters that could yeah. be interesting to see. Obviously, oh, he was I think good. Yeah, it's Spider Gwen, though. You could also use Peter Parker, like Tom Holland as Peter Parker. How do you mean? Because cool. obviously, the whole point of Spider Gwen is it's her that gets bit instead of Peter, and Peter becomes Lizard. You could actually show Tom Holland's, like, his alternate universe, Tom Holland becoming Lizard. But why not Tom Maguire? <laughs> because it ha- as much as I love Tom Holland, as, as much as Toby. Then as uh, as Lizard, he can do the Spider-Man free dance. Yeah, but I, I want like Toby Maguire to come at the end of the film doing the Spider-Man free dance. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just, I think... like popping like oh, wrong universe. Texas, they think they got back off. Do it, swans out. I, I feel like there's, there's a few that could obviously get their own sort of origin. Obviously, I, I think even villains could get a shot at. Obviously, getting their own sort of origin story movie, like Deathstroke, for example. I like one of my favorite villains. If you could get one, that'd be cool. Yeah. Red Hood. Obviously, we've seen it a few times how it works within obviously Batman animated films and series and whatnot. But it'd be interesting for that. Um, trying to think Ooh. of a hero off the top of my noggin. Um, bum 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 bum. Can't think of one off the top of my head. God, this is hard to think. Wait. Oh, I I had one idea, but I realized it was a film. It was a shit film, but it was a, it was a film. Oh, Constantine. It wasn't that shit. Yeah, but it wasn't like. Keanu Reeves is what what basically brought Constantine into the light to basically make yeah. him a oh, but it's it, a cool character. It's not that guy. You know, it's, it's, it's not... no it's no Matt Ryan, but I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a it was a decent way of introducing them into the universe. Wasn't he American that as well? I think so. Yeah. So yeah, shit. <laughs> it's a good. It's a right film. Yeah. I'd say it's terrible. Like a properly done like British, well, scousy kind of like Constantine. Well, they're remaking it again, uh, as a series again, aren't they? Oh, but they didn't. I think from what I've read, they basically changed his nationality. From what I've read, what French? No. Uh, I can't think. I'll, I'll, I'll find the link to, and I'll send you basically what I've, I've read. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't really think of the top of my head anymore, heroes. It, it is. I'm glad. You can't ask, you tell to his origins. <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not the one answer, ask, answering questions because I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I can't think of a superior character that has nobody had one that could get one. Would be nice. So fuck it. We'll move on. We'll move on to us done. Um. So that's it for Chat Code Podcast this week. Join us next week as we carry on with this universe as we discuss Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition, I might add, not the base edition. So we're going the three hour version. Let's uh, see if I still find the shit. <laughs> so uh, until then, I've been your host, Ranking Thomas Shoes. 
and I've been here with the Soviet Union. By oh, that's the thing I don't know. Kind of randomly showed up at one point. Oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> and this has been a Chat Cove podcast. And is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's not one of Tom's crappy jokes. <laughs> it's also Soviet <laughs> Union. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>